Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Masha and I uh, were on a retreat this week. And uh, no, it's okay. Love each other. This is the intermediary. Uh, the, this is the, the, I don't know what, the separation. Um, but Masha and I were in, uh, we were at the beach this week for a retreat, a runaway, runaway. And it was, I mean, and it said there was going to be horrible weather the whole week. I mean, like horrible, horrible, horrible. And, uh, you know, um, and it was across all the different things. And, uh, you know, I mean, we weren't there to go to the beach. We were there for, to meet with a bunch of pastors. But at the same time, you want to be able to sneak out to the beach. And, you know, it's not nearly as much fun. Well, in the, but Masha was like, oh, the weather's going to be horrible. And, and anybody, here's the, this is the reason we live in relationship. If I had said that out of my own mouth, I'd be like, yeah, that's, that makes sense. But because I heard it out of somebody else's mouth, I was like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. Anybody done that? Like, like if you say it, you're like, oh, that makes sense. That's really, but when you hear it through somebody else, you're like, oh, wait a minute. We have a, another option. And I said, well, well, who said? She said, the weather people. I said, well, well, have you talked to God? And she's like, well, yeah. I said, well, can we ask him? She's like, okay. Right? Again, it's, this is why we're in community. We can be the super spiritual one to each other right? Because we all have our unspiritual moments. Can we admit that? Okay. So that's why we're in relationship. And I said, okay. So we said, we just prayed. We said, and it was ugly. It was gray. It was overcast. It was, yeah. And we prayed. And within like 15 minutes, sky's completely clear. And, and, and it was just wonderful weather. The next day it was wonderful weather. And then it clouded up. And I said, well, we can ask, right? We ask. It clears up immediately. I was just like, You know, the thing is, you have not because you, but I would submit this. I'm going to be real about myself. A lot of times I go, Jesus, in my heart of hearts. But sometimes we need to bring that need out into relationship, into communication. Say, hey guys, will you partner with me to pray for this? You don't have to do like super complicated, but sometimes the, the risk of bringing it out and saying, I'm trusting God for this. It's, it's where the breakthrough happens. That's just a freebie. Awesome. Whoa. So, so again, if you haven't gotten a chance to share where you're waiting on God for breakthrough from that menu, I really recommend you do so before you leave so you have something to celebrate when you come back together. Awesome. All right. Well, listen. Oh, I love, 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 if you haven't noticed, love Galatians. Um, I love it because it's written to real people. I, I don't know, some of the books of the Bible are so theoretical. I'm like, woo, or so spiritual. I'm like, I don't know who the, I'm, I'm an earthy person. You might've picked that up. I, I like things to work in life, right? I want them to show up in real ways. I need a supernatural God, but I need it to work in my life. And so we've been, we've been talking about this, this whole thing in Galatians, and we've been talking about how Paul came to these, these four churches over and over and over again, planted these churches, and he, went, and he went away. He was so confident in the gospel that he only spent a few weeks in these places to plant a church. I don't know about you, but when we were planting this church, the Lord's like, my power is so great, you could probably just plant this in three weeks. Well, we're five years in, so we're not quite to the Paul level. But, but, but the reality is he's so confident in the gospel that he felt that he'd go away and they would have what they need in the Holy Spirit, 
right? And so one of the things, um, when we were, we were working with orphans in Russia um, and they, were getting, they weren't getting better and we were getting worse, anybody have some relationships you're trying to reach out to people and they're making you worse, you're not making them better, right? And in that point, I realized I needed a different God <laughs> than the one I had because mine wasn't helping. I don't mean different than Jesus. I mean, I just hadn't met him really in that way yet. But also I realized is we were spending more and more time with these kids. Like we, 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 and I realized it didn't matter how much time I spent with them. If they spent five minutes without me, they would do bad things. Anybody have some people in your life? They're like with you. They're wonderful people. They walk away and they blow the whole wad, right? I was, it was amazing. And so, you know, when I say blow the whole wad, I mean like prostitution and heroin, you know, things like that, right? You know, things that have a life expectancy, you know, it's just like, and so we didn't have an answer for that. And I realized I couldn't be with them always, but who could be with them always? Jesus, Jesus. but not the Jesus loves me, but literally a God who they can call on who will show up when they're living in the midst of hell. And this is, this is the God that, that, that Paul was preaching. He's Jesus Christ and him crucified enough for every situation. So he sits there and he goes, he leaves and he goes away. But there was one thing maybe he didn't count on. Other believers. <laughs> Anybody found that? Like the world is not a problem. But, but what happened is he goes away and who comes in? The super spiritual people, right? And the super spiritual, we've talked about this a thousand times, so you should get an A on this pop quiz. The super people, the spiritual people fall into two camps. The Sadducees, thank you, Sadducees. Okay, this one's a little gray. Let's go for black. All right, Sadducees. And then the other was what? Fair. Fair. Oh my gosh, you guys are amazing. Wow, we're going for gray today. Let's try one more. All right, Pharisees. Oh, we're great today. All right, Pharisees and Sadducees. And the Pharisees are all about being right, right? Uh, and anybody raised in a family where rightness was the most important thing? Yeah. And the thing about rightness is, you know what it creates? Sneaky children, right? Because you figure out you can't be right. And when you're wrong, you're bad. So just don't be wrong publicly. Anybody? No? Okay. <laughs> My people are like, feel you, right? Sadducees are, so Pharisees are about being right, and if you can't be right, fake it, right? <laughs> Sadducees, though, all they care about is, does it work, right? Does it work? I don't care. Just make it work. Listen, if you've got to rob banks, just make it work, Right? No, you start lowering the standard down to just make it work. Listen, I need the money. I'm going to do it God's way, God's way. Forget God. Let's go do it our way, right? It's whatever it takes. But then they'll be like, oh, there's secret tricks. And this is how you get this weird blend of like new age and Christianity where they're like, you know, you know, you know, sprinkle the incense to the right, you know, sprinkle the oil to the left. Yep, yep, do all kinds of stuff. And it's just, it, I don't care. I'm just so tired of not being right. I might just, it might as well let it work, right? And we swing back and forth. But what we've said is what? These are the ditches, but in the middle is the cross of Christ. Where? He has made us right with him. Right out of that right relationship comes right behavior and living. And out of that place, things begin to work. 
And this is why Jesus said, greater works will you do than what? Because I go to the Father, because you, I, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Now, some of you started twitching when we started singing, I'm a miracle worker, right? Some of you started twitching. And I want to say this, is if that's me without Jesus, yes, that's heresy. But I don't know about you, but I'm not planning to be without Jesus. And if Jesus, the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in me, it should be showing up in my life in ways that can't be attributed to me. Does that make sense? Oh, whoo. All right, good. All right, now that we've, uh, we can jump back into it. So we've been going through this. He's been dealing with this and he's losing his mind. You know, you foolish Galatians, who tricked you? You got saved, not by works. You didn't get, you didn't get filled by the spirit. You didn't do miracles by your own work. It's his power that works in you, right? To will and to do his good uh, pleasure, right? Philippians 2.13. So, Moving on, we've been, but what is, um, so, so over here, these guys say law, 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 right? You got to keep the law, right? Oh, all right, well, let's get into that. If you've got Bibles, flip open to chapter three of Galatians, verse 23. Let's start there. Before the coming of this faith, what is the faith? Faith is trust, where you recognize we're trusting in his life, his power, his glory, his mercy, everything. And out of that relationship, everything flows, right? Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. Now, why do people get locked up in legal custody? Because they are they're violated because they're dangerous to society, right? Anybody here been dangerous in your own free will? Anybody been dangerous between 1 and 3 a.m.? <laughs> Man, there was a whole lot of wincing on that one. <laughs> yes, yes. So listen, the, listen, the reason is we were held in custody under the law, locked in faith, and, until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So... And that's the gospel, that Jesus has done it all, paid the price, made us right with God, that we could live right and therefore bring a supernatural God to the entire world. So the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. In other words, the law was there to keep us safe. Anybody here, you did the right thing, not because it was right, because you were afraid of getting punished? All of us? Right? No, do you know what it is? Seriously, seriously. Okay, let me put it this way. If you see a cop by the side of the road, how likely are you to speed? Right? Fear of punishment is an incredibly effective at enforcing this legal limit, right? Like, I'm not a, you know, I don't care if you normally do 150. You see a cop, you're like, oh. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, no, no, officer. I've never gone over. All right. So that's what the thing is. The law is there because I cannot control. Who here has tried to make yourself right? Keep yourself right. Keep from doing bad things in your own strength. How well did that work for you? It's like this, like this. Okay, yeah, I failed. I hear that witness. Anybody done this? Anybody done here? How's this? I'm on a diet. Right, right? You know, it's like, no, I will not. Well, I right? You know, you, there's amazing thing is when you decide to do right, what is the first thing that shows up in your life? An opportunity to do wrong. True? Am I the only one? Okay. Awesome. 
Now that faith, though, has come. And we are no longer under a guardian. We no longer have the need of this guardian who stands by, with, by me with a taser, right? To shock me every time I do wrong. Yeah? Oh, no, no. Hey, guys, you need, I should warn you. This is the, this is the, I put the ball on the tee. Play through. Come on. I just say, gird yourself up. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so this is external motivation, right? When we are scared of punishment. And how many of us have been raised in religious culture where we did everything because of this external motivation, right? Like God is going to zap you. Like I didn't, I grew up atheist. The only thing I knew about God is if you did laundry on Sunday, he was going to zap you. <laughs> Literally. That was the only thing they told us, right? Don't believe it. You're like, you know, we're atheists, but... We're superstitious atheists, yes. <laughs> right? So it's a very external system of motivation. And for many of us, it's been hard to give up this external system of motivation because we get here and we're just lumps on the log, right? I don't have to, like, I'm free from any expectation. I'm free from punishment. Then why would I do anything, Right? So there has to arise a different motivation, right? Otherwise, it's, you know, we're just kind of like jello. <laughs> wiggle, wiggle. <laughs> right? Or, or, well, since there's no more rules, <laughs> since we have grace. What can I get away with? <laughs> but uh, we'll get to this in a little bit, but at the end of Galatians, he goes, guys, seriously, God's not mocked. Yeah. If what you sow, you reap. Yeah. Right? I mean, literally, you can say, I believe in Jesus, and jump off a 16-foot-story building. You might believe in gravity by the time you're done. Right? The reality is there's still, there's still forces at work in the world. But we don't live to serve them. We live out of Christ. Yeah. So love comes in to motivate us. Right? We are motivated. We serve each other, not because we're scared of each other, hopefully, right? <laughs> you scared of me, baby? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know what I'm... This, listen, this is really important. I fear... What you fear, you serve. What you fear, you obey. I fear... Stay with me. I fear Masha. No, I fear not loving Masha. I fear her not experiencing love. I fear hurting the relationship. So I serve her with love. We were, we were at this retreat and I came down the stairs and uh, wearing the shirt that Masha had picked out. And uh, there were a couple guys there and uh, I looked at Masha and I could see on her face and she, I said, don't like the shirt? I mean, she picked it. Um, and she goes, I was like, I'll go change. And the guys were like, oh my gosh. And you could just tell like, you're whipped. Like, what is wrong with you? And I looked at him. I said, I said, guys, you need to know something. I care this much about what I look like. And that shows by what she saw when she found me. <laughs> out, out by the garbage dump. Right? You know? <laughs> you know, every man is a diamond in the rough. Some of us are rough. Some of us are roughier than others. And so I said, guys, I don't care about it. But she does. 
So I, I have zero problem. I just said, I figured out early on that I'm going to go up and down the stairs 23 times if she doesn't <laughs> choose it first. So I just say, choose something you want to see me in because I'm okay. I, yeah, but you got to understand, why would I do that? <gasps> Don't you have any sense of self whatever? No. no. All I care about is, I, what I care about is Masha. But one of the best things is too, is like with our finances, when we, you know, one of the things we do is we call each other up when we want to make a purchase. People are like, oh my gosh, you got to get her permission. I'm like, no, you don't understand. When I was single and I bought things for myself, I always felt like I was in sin. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're like, oh my gosh, I bought these Pringles, <laughs> right? Whatever it was. But the thing is, I call up Masha. I said, Masha, is it okay if I buy this? She goes, yes. Suddenly it's a gift and it's wonderful. So I call her up so I can get a gift, right? Do you see the difference? I check with her because when it comes out of the free place in her heart, it's a gift. When I check with God, it's a free gift. When I get it for myself, yeah, it's yucky. So it's motivated by love, right? So we're still motivated. We still, we don't have to do anything, right? It just, it's, it shifts the whole perspective. We could take naps for the rest of our lives and we'll still go to heaven. <gasps> like not do another Bible study, another ministry, another whatever. You can just, you know, enjoy yourself. It wouldn't be very enjoyable. Wouldn't be very enjoyable, but you can. You're not going to get zapped. Right? It's a completely different, well, a shift. Well, let me say this. You're not going to get zapped by an angry God, but you will get zapped by life. If you don't get up and go to work, will you get zapped by life? Yeah. You won't have a car. That's right. You will, you will suddenly find yourself fasting as a lifestyle. <laughs> no, <laughs> there is literally, the thing is, is life will zap you. God doesn't have to. But people are like, God zapped me. I'm like, you jumped off a 16-story yeah. building. God did not zap you. The pavement did. But from this place, we get to serve, right? We get to sacrifice. It's a privilege, right? It's not a should. And it's not a trick, but it's a privilege. It comes out of love. Yeah, I, we were talking about it with Peter. And um, this system, a lot of times we laugh a lot with, the, like with the Ryan and Jason who over children's ministry. We're like... Can we switch like for a couple of weeks into this system <laughs> where we can get people like guilted and controlled and manipulated into doing stuff, right? It's much, it's much easier to lead a group of people who don't have a choice in some ways, right? In the short Everyone time. thinks the same. You're not allowed to think for yourself. You're not allowed to choose for yourself. Everyone looks like each other. Everyone thinks together, right? Soviet union, right? Like this system of religion is very much like communism, right? We were told what we thought. Everyone had to think the same. Everyone dressed the same, right? We had like three brands of three different styles of clothing for the entire country. And if you don't, what happens to you? Oh, you get zapped. You get like literally killed. You could, yeah. <laughs> we would start with high levels of shame. Yeah. We would move to guilt and condemnation and finally gulag. Yeah, gulag would be an option. Excommunication in the, in the church world, right? We'll mm -hmm. kick you out. 
So this is this world. So this is where we are externally motivated, right? And we're earning our mm -hmm. levels. You know, that's where Galatians run, run into it, right? Under the law. What else can we chop off to be acceptable, right? Let's oh, do yeah, a little yeah. surgery. <laughs> yeah. we, will, we will definitely get to that. So he goes on and he says, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. Stay with me. For all of you were baptized into Christ, have been clothed yourself with God. Christ. Now hear me on this. The baptism is not some magical process that whereby some water turns you into something else. What it is, it is in the same way that a marriage ceremony, I don't know about you, but when I got married, I kind of thought that some sort of magic dust would be dropped on us. <laughs> and like, we are now one. What I realized was the ceremony was an opportunity for me to make a public choice, right? And that, that's what baptism is. It is a public choice to say, not my life. I, in fact, baptism is like you die, you drowned, and, but his life living through me. I'm not going to live from me anymore. So those who've been baptized into Christ have been clothed themselves with Christ. So Christ is now the outer form. Like the world should be running up against Gucci Jesus, right? The external, your suit should be Jesus. They should be seeing some Jesus on you. Anybody here, you're not feeling good about this, so you put on something? right? Jesus, put on Jesus. There is, therefore is neither Jew nor Gentile. What? Neither slave nor free. You mean we're no longer slaves? Nor is there male or female. What? For all are one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Stay with me. Ladies, we love that God saw fit to bless this world by making you ladies. You men... God thought, hmm, yeah, you, you're a man. God, these, it doesn't mean those go away. What is he saying? See, they lived, every distinction he used was a distinction under Roman law. Who has value and who has power? And what he was saying is, because a man had power over a woman. A, a owner had a power over a slave. A, a Jew had power over a Gentile. And these Jews were walking in like, oh, I'm so sorry, Gentiles. You, oh, I've, I've memorized the whole Bible. So I have all the answers. And he goes, uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. Do not let anybody push you to the back of the line. You are right up front with Jesus. There is no barrier. There is no mediator. There's nobody who has all the secrets and the tricks. Nobody can do your relationship with God for you. Nobody. You do you. But also, don't do it for anybody else. Anybody here? You're like, oh, well, now that I've got a relationship with God, I'll do it for you. <laughs> no, 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 no. He said, we're all up front with Jesus. That's what he's saying. He said, don't let anybody disqualify you or think you are disqualified. When I'm saying, what I'm saying is that at verse one of chapter four is that as long as the heir is under age, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardians, we'll get to this in a second, and trustees until the time is set by his father. What is it? We were talking about this with Danya today, um, you know, and I said, and we, were, and we were talking and she just overheard it. I was like, I was like, why when a six-year-old parents die and they leave him half a billion dollars, why do they set up trustees and guardians over him? And Danya was like, because he blow it all on candy. 
<laughs> true, true, true. Now, one of the things the enemy wants you to be terrified of is your freedom. Because it is your freedom that will crush him under your foot. He's terrified of your freedom. So guess what? The law says your freedom is going to screw you up. Your freedom is the problem. Kill your freedom, right? Right? And so what does accountability become? Accountability is attaching cameras to your head, walking around so I don't sin because everybody's watching me, right? Accountability is I've got to call somebody and tell them what bad thing I did. That's not accountability. That's slavery. Accountability is someone who has, has taken an account of your ability, who knows who you are in Christ, and when you aren't looking like Christ, goes, hey, you, you're too awesome to be doing that stupid stuff, right? You're too awesome. What, where did you get so dumb? What in the world? You're smart, man. And in that place, the guardian, so the thing is, is because the, the child doesn't know how to handle his freedom, he's under law. But guess what? We, if we said yes to Jesus, are no longer under law. The first time I really read that for for real, it scared the tar out of me. Mm -hmm. Because literally, the only way I kept from doing horrible things, honestly, I was terrified of my own freedom. The only way I kept from doing bad things was the law. I love the law. It was my cozy, it kept me safe. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Right? And in that place, the law, but he says, he is under that, under that. So the law is God's gift to people who don't want to do life with him. It's a gift. Why? Why? It keeps you from dying, right? Why is there a speed limit that says do not go over 200 miles, don't go over uh, 80 miles an hour or 70 miles an hour and don't drink alcohol while doing so? Why is that? So you don't die. So you don't die and you don't kill people. Like the law is there because you can't manage you. But what happens when Christ, who is in you, begins to manage you? Not just manage you, but empower you. Because guess what happens is the power of God flows in this river. Mm -hmm. And um, as anybody, anybody trying to make a contact between two wires, how can you tell when there's a contact between two electrical wires? Release of power. And this is how you know. So as you're following Jesus and you're like, where is, where, how will I know how to follow Jesus? Sparks! As you step into the place of his grace, where his power is, guess what? The power of God shows up to do the will of God. Whether healing or, dare I say, righteous living. Guys, that's supernatural. Anybody who tells you otherwise is smoking something. It's not. You cannot be you cannot live the life God called for you in your own strength. You only become grumpy and sneaky. <laughs> Anybody know some grumpy and sneaky people? No nudging. <laughs> Anybody been those people? And so the power, when you get into the river of his fire and his love, guess what? These things show up and you're like, and you get addicted to it. Oh my gosh, this is more fun. Like Masha was asked by a, a woman this week, you know, just so happened, the, the woman shared that she had this physical issue and I was like, do I nudge Masha? Because I know Masha will want to get a piece of that action. <laughs> and, uh, and I, but I didn't do it because I knew Masha because Masha didn't need no nudging. Why? I find, where do I find Masha? Uh, about half hour later in the kitchen with this lady, with Dinah. And it was about to blow. I mean, there was glory. There was God showing up. And the lady said, oh my goodness. Later she said, how do you? She, she was like, I just love how you uh, like minister yes. and flow in this. And I said, 
that's just who I am. It's not ministry. Like, I don't, this is not ministry to me. This is like just how I roll. This is like best me, right? We don't do in this space <laughs> what we have to do. What we have to do. And yeah, they were, they were <laughs> like, they were, some like, ladies like this lady was like a chocolate, a tray of, of chocolates. Right? Masha saw her, her thing she was struggling as a piece of chocolate, and she wanted to get her some. She didn't do it because she needed her cup filled with the glory of other people or because she, she knew the sweet spot of fun and happiness was seeing that woman set free. Yeah, it's, it's, almost, it's almost like selfish, right? <laughs> like it feels <laughs> like we're filled, right? We, are, we get to be the best ourselves when we are moving in all of this, right? Like, it's not something we should or have to do. Yeah, those ladies in ministry were asking me, like, are you just so burned out? Is it so hard? I was like, goodness. No, I'm having the time of my life. Like, I don't have to do anything. I get to do a lot of awesome stuff, but I don't have to do anything. And that's, like, that's how hard here to rise. I know, like, many of us are coming out from different environments and different religious structures where you're like, oh my gosh, they invited me to be on 52 different teams. Like, I have to be everywhere. No, you don't. Like, you don't. You really have freedom here. You are invited. You're given a privilege to step into some things, but you don't have to. You can sit here for the rest of time, and we'll be fine. And we won't shame you. <laughs> like, for real. Like, this is real. Like, I'm breaking off that religious expectation, right? Like, you get to do stuff. You get to be awesome in this environment. You get to be free. You get to show up. You get to use your gifts. But you don't have to. But I want you to know that if you want to do things, sometimes there's things you don't want to do that you got to do to get to do the things you want to do. But guess what? There's grace for that. The evidence, I've used this a thousand times, is Masha gave me a prophetic word January 1st of 2011, which I rebuked in Jesus' name, because she said, I feel like the gift of administration is coming on you. To me, that was the most demonically inspired utterance I'd ever heard. To me, administration, doing that hard, yucky stuff, doing the organizing stuff, that just shuts down Holy Spirit. Guess what? I discovered, as God released that in me, I discovered that's what helps make things work so that we can all work together. And so guess what? I, with great joy, do administration all the time so that others can party. Why? Because that's the, the fire, the joy of God is present to do things that in my natural mind I thought were yucky. God empowers you or to run back upstairs and change into another shirt. That's why he says, wives and husbands submit to each other. Fear of the Lord and fear of each other. <laughs> not that kind of fear, people, and not that kind of fear with God. Because the fear of the Lord and the fear of each other is not, it, everybody thinks of it like, ah, but it's like, I love him so much. I prefer you. I, I honor you, right? Everything I do, you are in my mind. Yes. My every decision is checked in my mind with you. Because I'm not sacrificing this for nothing. Sorry about y'all. We're going to finish up here in just a second. So also, when you, we were underage, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces. How did they? Oh, or principles. Principles, right? It's principles of the world. Like, this is how you do it. Anybody here, you, you, um, anybody here started a business, got a whole lot of advice, and it all turned out to be useless? Right? Or you did all the steps, and it doesn't turn out? Like, 
the spiritual under the elemental spiritual forces or principles of the world. But when the set time had come, when God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those, buy us out of that slavery of, under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Now here's the thing. Who does the heavy lifting and adoption? Is it the child? I choose you. God chose you. God chose you. You're like, yeah, but he didn't really know how. No, he did. He did. He said you were worth it. And he chose you from the foundation of the world. He chose you to live in him and so to do, be who you're called to be. Because you are his sons. The other thing about it is sons get full access to the father, don't they? Right? Sons get to crawl up on Papa's lap, even though he be a king. Sons get full access because you are his sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts and spirit, the spirit who calls out Abba, Papa, Father, so that you are no longer a slave, but God's child. Since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Here's where we end. You guys remember the parable of the prodigal son? where the one son blows everything, takes it, and runs away. Why? Because he is convinced the only way he can make life work is if he gets as far away from God as possible. There was another son who was convinced the only way that he could make the father happy was to do everything right, and even if it meant being away from the father in the fields, right? And the one son comes back and says, Father, I have sinned and blown the wad because it's no longer working. I'm going to come to you, God. And the father says, come in. But that's not where the story ends, is it? Because the father runs out to the field and says, I've got another son. Son, son, come in, come in. We're having a party. You would never give me the smallest goat to have a party with my friends. Notice not a party with the father. A party with my friends. Use your resource for my stuff. That's the exact same heart as the, as the, as the other son right? Use your stuff for my, God goes, and father says, no, don't you know you've always had all things? Where does he have all things? With the father, in the father. See, the great thing is years, not years ago, unfortunately, uh, very recently, probably, um, the Lord kept saying, he said, Peter, you can choose ownership or stewardship. Ownership, anybody owned a problem and it owned you, right? And you realize it's too much for you. The great thing about stewardship is, guess what? God tells me to use his resource for something. No stress. Oh, you want to deal with this? Okay, there. Okay, I move on. I'm not responsible for the results. I just do what he says with his stuff. Guess what? It's stress-free living. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, but the steward looks like an owner to the world. But a steward is a son who's in right relationship with Papa and uses the Papa's resource for his stuff. And we said this before. One of the things that God has said to me, he said, Peter, you can't, I can't give you more, more resource because you will hoard it. I need you to give away, use what I've given you, and I'll give you more. I got to tell you that coming into this season, a year ago, we were not doing great financially. Anybody been there? And the Lord really put on our heart to give, but also he said, you guys need to take a vacation. Either he's the steward. I don't know about anybody. Where are my hoarders? right? <laughs> Where there's less and there's going to be less. He said, so into your family and so into others. Amen. Guess what? We did. We just realized the other day. 
I would say our savings had, have increased 100-fold over that year. Oh, and through Just a thousand little things. Like we were looking, sources. I showed Masha and she was like, how is that possible? And so we we're like, we need to give away more. <laughs> Make more room. Make more room. Make more room. Why? Because it's not my stuff. I'm my dad. Daddy, why do you want to do with this? I'm not going to stress. The great thing about anybody here, you always uh, uh, strove to be in leadership over something. And then you realize in leadership, it, the height of your leadership is determined by the size of the problems you have to deal with. Right? The higher you go, the bigger the problems, right? But guess what? Guess what? They're not my problems. They're his problems. Papa, what do you want to do with this? You know, all the time, I'll, I'll be in a horrible, stressful situation. And the Lord goes, ask me. <laughs> Papa, are you worried? Nope. Okay, I'll roll over and go back to sleep. If he's not worried, then I'm not worried. If he doesn't want to deal with it, then it's not time to deal with it. Right? There is a freedom in being a son, being a daughter, that where we are able to operate out of his power to will, to do, will and do his good purposes in our life. If we can have the worship team come up. Now, I, I'm going to tell you this. Um, some of uh, y'all are like rejoicing with joy and others, just because the way the, the, the odds go, some of, some of y'all are feeling actually condemnation. And I've got really great news. That's a lie. That's a lie. Because God shows you what he wants to do through you, not what you have to do in your own strength. If you see the standard and you're not living up to it. Like, like, this is what happens to me. I'll have really messed up thoughts. Anybody have messed up thoughts? Awesome. So I'll have messed up thoughts in my head and they feel really real. But God will say, do those look like my thoughts? Now in that moment, I can either come under condemnation. How could I be such a horrible person that I have these thoughts? Or I can recognize, oh, there's an upgrade available. I can have his thoughts in place of my own right? If you're having a manifestation in your life that doesn't look like what he paid for, guess what? You get an upgrade. It's an exchange. Old lives for new. Old lives for new. Let's stand. Father, Lord, we all have broken toys. We all have messed up things. We all have messed up circumstances. We have all areas where we've taken stress upon ourselves. We all have things where, where we're, we're faking like we're good, but we're dying on the inside. But Lord, we bring those before your cross and we say, we can't. And you never meant for us to. We ask you, Lord, now to receive this offering of patheticness as you do, as you've received it on your cross. And in return, we receive your life in its place that you might live through us. In your beautiful name.